0: The Big Footy Port LA Podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, power. I, power. I power.
1: I love the power. I love the power. I love
0: the power. G'day, everyone, and welcome to the Big Footy Port LA Podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio, I'm your host, Mac19, and joining us is the Porsche.
1: Hello, hello, hello! I'm very excited to talk What's about happening? this next batch of Vic Country players. Woo, woo, woo.
0: Vic Country, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. Look, um, I, I what don't... do you think of this uh, this particular week?
1: <laughs> Look, normally, like in most draft years, I'm like Vic Country is a team that I like watching at under 18s level, and I guess if I have a team, they're kind of my team. You know, South Australia's okay. technically, but Victoria's probably close to it. I don't yep. really like a lot of this this group we're talking about tonight. I, like <laughs> right. they're, they're okay, but there's they're either raw or they're being played in. A, they're mostly I've seen them in a position that I don't think they're suited for, or they're injured a lot, or whatever else. You know. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Should be entertaining at least then. So a, that's good.
1: A, a lot of a lot of players <clears throat> that could be nothing or something, and there's other factors impeding them. That'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right, let's get straight into it then and talk about the first player, who is uh, Jai Caldwell, who, uh, speaking of injury-prone players, he is the He's most the injury-prone player in this draft. He is the one. He is the man. The walking wounded. He's a 181-centimetre midfielder from uh, from Bendigo. He's dual-sided. Plays as a sort of outside-inside midfielder. Can play as a small forward as well. Uh, he was really impressive as a bottom major last year. Averaged 17 touches a game. Uh, For Bendigo and Vic Country, but unfortunately, his top age season has just been completely ruined by uh, hamstring injuries and I think a hip issue, and you know it's just yeah not worked out for him. He played 15 minutes in the championships with best on ground in that time. Uh, Played two games for Bendigo this year was best on ground in both of those. So um, yeah, have you what have you seen of Jai Caldwell? Well, look, I I just want to
1: say like last week we had comments from speak um, the the big footy saying hey, you guys are just making our footballers now. Well, it kind of feels like Jai Caldwell is a footballer that's been made up that doesn't actually exist.
0: Because um, <laughs> he doesn't play. Because he doesn't yeah.
1: play. Like, you, you read all these amazing things about them, um, and it's it's almost in conspiracy theory territory, like, you know, we didn't land on the yeah. moon, Jai Caldwell doesn't exist, like, you
0: know. <laughs> um, I remember reading this, this, uh, this article, this is completely off topic, but I remember, that because I'm in the... Uh, in the food business, and obviously yeah. we have we have review sites like TripAdvisor and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So we obviously look at reviews and and all that sort of stuff. But I read an article um, probably last year, which was um, which was from England, and this uh, this couple decided to create a restaurant which didn't exist
1: mm-hmm.
0: and get it in get it five star rated on TripAdvisor, <laughs> and, and it actually happened.
1: Nice, um, nice.
0: And it didn't exist. And it was getting, <laughs> you know, it had like 100 reviews or something like that. And no one had actually been there no, before. No. So it just goes to show you that sort of thing. And it's almost like, <laughs> it almost feels like Jai Coldwell is that fake restaurant. Like, well, yeah, like someone has just created this name, Jai Coldwell and said, oh, yeah, he's a midfielder. He's pretty good. You know, he gets the bowl. He's like Sean Burgoyne, da, da, da. But I'm not even actually sure he's actually a real person.
1: Well, look, I mean, here's the thing. Like, if any of our listeners are in that uh, late teenage bracket, like, you would probably get into any nightclub for the next month saying you're Jai Caldwell. And then (laughs) then they'll Google you and they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 you're going to be a real footballer. Yeah, come in, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah, good luck. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I haven't haven't seen him play. But all I did was look at his injury list. You see, 2017, season-ending knee injury. You know, 2018, he's had a bruised kidney, hamstring strains on different legs. Um, And gosh, you know, that's really bad for an impact player, you know, uh, to be picking up these frequent leg injuries. Um, Yeah. But then you're seeing, he's he's talked about like the Gold Coast want to draft him at four by somewhere I read. Like what? What? Hmm.
0: (laughs) Look, I've seen him, I've seen him play, I think three times, maybe four times in the last two years. Okay. So I, I, I rate him exceptionally highly. I do, I do. I mm-hmm. think he's a very, mm-hmm. very good footballer. If he didn't have the injury issues, I think he would be an absolute lock for a top five pick this year. And possibly possibly top three. I think he's that good. Um, unfortunately, the injury issues come into it. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, that doesn't mean he's going to have an injury-riddled career. There's plenty of junior players that have had injury-riddled seasons that have gone on to have very fine AFL careers. But then there's and
1: there's not there's really talent.
0: get... Yeah, and not really get a lot of injuries as they go on. I mean, I know everyone sort of complained about Chris Judd's shoulders and, oh, he's, never, he's not going to make it. There's too much risk that I don't up being the best player of all time. Um, but, but whether that happens with Jai Caldwell, who knows? Maybe these soft tissue injuries will continue uh, throughout well, yeah. at least the first part of his career. I think it's a big chance.
1: Well, you see, the issue there is, like, you're talking about shoulder injuries at in the and It's like, yeah, there's a risk, but, you know, at the end of the day, he can still run. But when it's leg mm. injuries, particularly, and it's when, it's le- when it's leg injuries, it's a real, real, real problem because when you are, yeah. your legs are busted up like, you're completely screwed. And it's not like a broken leg and you miss a season. Like, it's, you know, mm. we said hamstring strains on each leg. Uh, and a season-ending knee injury the year before—it's like, oh gosh! I mean, this is a real factor all of a sudden. And again, particularly for an impact player, it's like it's not like he's a, a stay-at-home fullback or back pocket that doesn't have to run all that much, you know, compared to a, a, a uh, in-the-guts midfielder, which is what he is, you know. Uh, he's yeah. going to be in constant physical contact with other players. Is that going to impede him as well? Um, yeah. There's so many huge question marks over his potential durability. That I mean. You might look. Everyone's saying you should go early in this draft. Well, he would if he was fit. He'd go early in this draft. But can you take those risks in a in a year, particularly when, in a year where the draft is really pretty good early on?
0: Yeah. Oh, look, that's the big question. That is the big question: is where does the talent versus risk Venn diagram sort of cross over here? What sort of peak that is? Um, and look, he's got he's got a huge amount of ability when he plays. He's got. If you watch him play, he's kind of reminiscent of that uh, Port-era Sean Burgoyne midfielder in the way that he can break away from stoppages with the ball. He's got that zip-zappy agility. Uh, He's got genuine pace. He's got great skills. He can kick on both sides of his feet. He can kick goals on the run. Um, You know, he's one of the best players in this draft, in my opinion. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's just this big um, hamstring cloud that's... um, you know, coming over the city of Coldwell at the moment. But um, look, if he was fit, I would be absolutely stoked if we got him with pick five. Um, at the moment, look, there, there is a chance he does go that high, and maybe we are interested in him. And I think I'd be sweating bullets on draft night if we called out his name. But I'd, uh, inside, I'd be sort of you know jumping up and down for joy, hoping that he comes good.
1: I'd be dumbing spitting if we didn't have some really safe and really <laughs> tall picks coming up after that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Look, it, it would be a risk to take him at five. I think if um, I think he'll be gone by fifteen, but uh, if he's there at fifteen, I'd be calling his name out as quick as possible. I think.
1: Yeah, he's, look, he's um, definitely in that category of players that you know. If a finalist might say, "Yeah, that's worth our that's worth our chance," you know, that's worth our yeah. first round picking in a side that's already obviously pretty settled because they're a finalist, um, and that you know they can afford to take that kind of pun on a player that might take a couple of years to really get his body right.
0: Yeah. I think I've got him at 11 on my list, okay. um, and that's only because of injuries. I reckon on talent, he probably sneaks in between Rankin and Blakey on my list, between three and four. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's just that uh, that question mark over his body. and Can it hold up? Can he become an AFL footballer? He's going to get every opportunity to become one. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And good luck to him. Hopefully he can get over it because I think there's a very exciting AFL player there um, if he gets the chance to be one.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess if, if, you know, I suppose that we've we've got Hawthorne's pick 15, like if they hadn't traded it to us, um, there's a fair chance they would be the club that would say, yeah, we'll take another punt on an injured midfielder, sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, lock him in, lock him in. Look, I think Gold Coast are are a chance with... um, with one of their early picks, I think GWS might be keen. I reckon the Crows would be keen. Um, so there's there's plenty of teams which will be keen on him. Um, it just depends whereabouts he sort of ends up falling on draft night, I guess. But
1: yeah, uh, we've got a comment from Phil on spreaker chat saying maybe it's just in my head, but when I watched Coldwell, he was on his toes at every stoppage like a boxer. I like that. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. He's uh, he's a mover, and um, yeah, he's a genuine player. Uh, he's got genuine talent, genuine skill. And um, as I said, hopefully um, he can get over his injuries because I, yeah. uh, I think he'd be, yeah, one of the best AFL players to watch in uh, in future years to come.
1: Wow, big
0: call. Yeah. Uh, next player is um, someone else. That's uh, Ned McHenry, speaking of fake names. Um, good old Neddy McHenry. That's a great name. 176 centimetres, small forward outside midfielder, um... He had a really strong bottom age year for Geelong. He plays for Geelong Falcons in the Country. Obviously, he had a really good bottom age year average eighteen disposals, three and a half marks, and uh, half a goal a game. He pretty much mirrored that stat line this year in eight matches. Uh, was a strong performance uh, performer at the champs. Averaged fifteen disposals, almost ten tackles a game, and kicked two goals in his four matches there. Uh, I want your thoughts on uh, Nettie Boy.
1: Uh, look, I mean, he's got great scramble for the ball. He really hunts it um, really well. He's got, you know, he's got a good, strong tackle. He is a furious machine when he's in the middle. I really like seeing that. His endeavour you can't doubt. Um, mm. His consistency of high possession, I'm not sure about. Like, is he the guy that... He's not the guy that's going to rack up, you know, 30-something possessions every week, I don't think. Um, yeah. But, so that, that sort of lowers him a bit. It's a little bit too low to grade him high in, a, in the draft. Um, yeah, he reminded me a little bit, and not the whole way because I was really on Josh Carr in his beer, but Josh Carrish, really. Okay. In terms of with his role in the fo- in the in the in the side, you know, I think he'd be an extremely good, um, accountable half forward. Um, yep. As part of the press, I think he was exactly that sort of player that you want in, in that kind of setup, where he'll be ferocious at keeping his uh, half back opponent accountable, and he can probably jag a goal or two along the way.
0: Um, yep. And I think that's so your probably- fan.
1: Yeah, look, I'm kind of a fan. Um, I don't okay. see him. I don't see him coming into the frame with Apex. He's in that. So this sort of... is the one player that you like? No, this is not
0: the one player. That I like. it's,
1: it's, okay. it's, I'm not. It's not that I've got one player that I like. It's just that the players that I kind of think, yeah, if end up at poor, it would be great. They're just mm. not in our range. Mostly. Okay, fair
0: yeah. enough. And
1: he's okay, Yeah, I'm up and down on him. I'm up him, and
0: either. down on him. I've I've got him at 45 on my rankings, which is pretty low, yeah, right? which is, uh, you know, a lot of people have him sort of top Uh, 20-ish. I just just don't see it much with him. I I don't like his skills. I don't like his decision-making. I think he's a Sam Gray, to be honest. I I think he's he's great at that sort of chasing and harassing and tackling. And, you know, he's going to be there and he's going to be around the place and he's going to do lots of stuff. But I can see me saying, oh, for fuck's sake, like I do with Sam Gray, you know, 10 times a game. Um, And I just see him being that sort of player. He's got great endurance. He can run all day. That's great. He can get a fair bit of the ball. That's really good. Um, But I just don't like his skills, to be honest. I I just think he makes poor decisions, and I just don't think he's a great kick. Um, I think he needs to kick more goals than what he does. He doesn't hit the scoreboard anywhere near enough. Um, And I don't really see him being... Much of a midfielder at AField. I think he's going to be that sort of small forward slash forward flanker, Sam Gray type role. Um, yeah. And he needs to be kicking a hell of a lot more goals than half a goal a game across the last two years. Um, yeah, that's my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably fair. And just remember, I had to re look at my profile here and see, oh, yeah, that's right. He's actually a small midfielder as well. Like, he's not. I think a lot of the comparison, a lot of the times you see him take an opponent, it tends to be someone about equal size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but hes, he's not going to have that AFL level, is he? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, ten centimeters taller. He's in that category. Ten centimeters taller. He could be a beast, but
0: yeah, probably not. Yeah, I've got him in that fifteen to thirty-five range. I think there really? will be—I think there will be teams that will be very keen on him through the the late first round. Hmm. I think the Crows at thirteen will look oh, at him. I no. do think Port at fifteen will look at him. I think Richmond at seventeen will be a big chance, um, especially if it frees up Jack Higgins a bit more to play more more midfield because uh, they are relatively similar. Um, I think Brisbane love these types of players. They'll be in with a chance. And look, if he goes in the 20s, then again the Crows, Melbourne and GWS will be, will be looking at him heavily, I reckon. I kind of
1: feel like if he goes before 30, someone's probably overpaid.
0: Well, that's why I've got him at 45 (laughs) (laughs) on my list because I think that's more his level in terms of end end result, you know, 10 years down the track. Um, But look, you know, there's a chance. I can see why people like him. I can certainly see why um, a lot of more serious draft watchers like him because he is, you know, he's there and he does a lot of good stuff, but then he just undoes it all with some sloppy kicks and sloppy decision-making, I think. And sometimes you can work with that and improve that, and other times you can't. And I'm backing my judgment in this is one of those ones where he's just going to be a forward flanker and he's just going to be an inconsistent in-and-out-of-the-game type.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah,
0: that's fair, that's fair. Uh, The next player who, uh, look, has created a lot of buzz this year, that's uh, Irving Mosquito, the Moz the Mozzie. He's uh, he's a Gippsland player. He's a Hawthorne next-gen player, so they've got first dibs on him. He's another shorty. He's a 175-centimetre right-footer, uh, plays as a small forward. Uh, had a pretty good year for Gippsland in the TAC Cup, averaged 13 disposals and uh, over three inside 50s and a goal a game. Uh, have you seen much of, uh, of the Mosquito, and do you agree around the buzz about him?
1: Look, I did not really hunt down footage um, because mm. Hawthorne Academy high, and his poor consistency um, yeah. means that he's going to be a late draft rookie pick for the Hawks. Like That's just going to happen. It was not very exciting to, to read more and find out more about Irving Moschetto, to be completely honest, because it just seems such a dead cert that if he ends up anywhere, it's Hawthorne. So, yeah.
0: yeah. It's a great name. It's oh, a it's great name for a small great. forward.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. It's the pun, a shame there's the, no great gonna, small It's forward. pun
0: central. It Isn't is going great... to be pun central. And I know I've done two already. And look, he flies around the packs and all that sort of stuff. Here's another one. But, but like, the media is just going to go nuts over him. Mosquito
1: draws blood. Bah,
0: bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's great. Oh, perfect. Perfect. He's actually a good little player. He's a very good... He's a very clever player. And um, I can certainly see him fitting in at Hawthorne. Um, where he goes, I'm not too sure. He could go as a late pick. He could maybe more likely go as a rookie pick, I think. Hmm. Um, but look, he's got good skills. He's got good pace. Uh, he can, pl- he can play through the midfield a little bit. He's got
1: a little um, bit of X factor, and That's about it.
0: He's got a fair bit of X factor he, defensively. I think he's very, very good. And I think that's, what's going to get him possibly bit on a little bit earlier is that defensively he's, um, you know, he's a hard tackler. He does a lot of chasing and he's, he's very good at corralling and all that sort of stuff. Um, but he, he does also have an impact with the bowl as well. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say on him. Yep. But, uh, yeah, another interesting player. Yeah. Uh, next player we're going to talk about is Will Hamill, who's a 185-centimetre yeah. small defender outside midfielder from Dandenong. Uh, again, he had a pretty consistent year, averaged 15 disposals and two rebound 50s a game, playing mostly as a, a back flanker or a back pocket. Uh, but he has had some stints on the ball as well.
1: Classic back pocket receiver. Huge in handball receives and although he's athletically there, he's third in sprint, high in agility and vertical jump and yeah, yeah I just don't think he gets enough of his own ball.
0: Yeah, well that's the thing. He doesn't get enough of the ball at the moment and that we'll see him sort of drop right down the rankings a bit and maybe go in the rookie draft again. Yeah. Um, but look, the things I like about him is that he is very athletic. Uh, he is quite quick. He's got A good leap, good pace. Um, He's uh, a one-touch player. I like that about him. I think he's a really good kick. Um, I would have loved to have seen him a bit more in the midfield this year uh, to see if he can play a bit more through there. Uh, Because I think there's... Athletically, he looks like a midfielder. um, But whether he's got the the footy IQ to sort of play as a midfielder, I'm not 100% certain.
1: No, I doubt it. And honestly... I def- he's a red flag for me. I definitely don't want him at Port because if he is successful in the role he plays at a junior level, it's going to be bad for your side. And if he's not successful at it, because you're actually sharing the ball around, he probably won't get a touch because he doesn't get nice, own ball. So um, yeah, he just he's not good for AFL future as far as I'm concerned.
0: I think he's got a potential AFL future. I can see him getting drafted on a rookie list and playing oh, that 20 50 years ago, to maybe. 100 games. No, I think I think you're underselling him a little bit. Um, <laughs> Just a little bit. He's as a Joel said, Bowden that doesn't have the same
1: marking skill. Oh,
0: no, no, I don't really see him as a Joel Bowden type. <laughs> I don't really see him as a Joel Bowden type. Yeah, yeah. But I can see him definitely getting on an AFL list. I can definitely I see can him playing some yeah. some form of AFL football. Um, the other good thing about him is that he has played really, really well in the last 12 months at uh, TAC Cup Finals. He's um, been in best players. He's a big game player. He's done really well there. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got him in that sort of 50 to rookie zone. I can see maybe him being in the sort of last 10 picks in the national draft or in the first couple of rounds of the rookie draft.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. This, he's a, this is a player, this is the player probably of everyone in this draft that I'm going to be watching West Coast to see if they pick him up because they've got Scott Clayton there in, as an assistant recruiter now. No, okay, because <laughs> I reckon he's sort of, he sort of fits that kind of yeah, lots of lots of potential, lots of athletic potential that you had like 15 years ago you know, when you just drafted athletes and hope you could make them into footballers and like yeah, well eh, eh, I
0: think eh. I think you're wrong there. I think okay. you're wrong there. Will, oh, Will Hamill's fine. too much of a bigger name to uh, be a Scott Clayton pick. That's he's uh, he's not obscure <laughs> enough. He's nowhere near obscure not, enough.
1: Not quite. Not quite. <clears throat>
0: mm. He didn't play one quarter of footy at Peel Thunder. Colts, and uh, that was it for the year. So, um, yeah, he probably needs to, yeah, he's, he's a bit too much of a bigger name, I reckon. But uh Yeah. It's not like I rate him highly. I just think uh, I can see him getting some form of future there. I've got him at 61 in my ranking, so that sort of mm-hmm. fits where I sort of think about him. But uh, next player is Connor Iden, who is a 190-centimeter left-footed 3rd um, toll defender from Geelong Falcons. Uh, had a pretty good year for Geelong. Um, averaged twelve touches and three marks a game playing down back. He was also able to sneak forward and kick ten goals yeah. for the season across fourteen matches. So um, he can swing forward and have a little bit of an impact. Um, he did play all four games at the champs in a defensive role. Averaged ten disposals and three marks a game. Uh, what are your thoughts on Connor and, and do you think he has draftability?
1: This is. A player in transition, which I think I said about Haightley previously, Um, he's. You look at his size; he's too short to be a genuine key position defender. Like he, he just is, and he's not classy enough in his disposal or his just his general play to be that third tall defender. So Hmm. I think he's been kind of done a disservice being played in defence at the championships because I think if he's got a role at AFL level, it probably is as a forward which we saw him um, through the season actually get a few goals uh, yeah. at, at the, that lower level. Um, and he, look, he's got the attitude, by all reports, to succeed. Like he, He's an absolute footy head and all that sort of stuff. But I just feel like the AFL player he could become, I just don't think we've seen enough of it yet to, to really make a prediction about him, to be honest. Um, Do you
0: think he has a bit of a Jonas-type future?
1: I think he might. Could
0: maybe play a jonas type role uh, for someone?
1: Look, I mean, it's possible.
0: It. it I think it's
1: important to keep remember. Like this, this, this is a thing. Like, I, I just don't think we've seen enough of him. To see, like Connor, I don't. Yeah, he could, but if he does, it'll probably be in like five, six years' time. Uh, yeah. Like I said, his defensive ability, I'm not really wowed by. Like, uh, I'm not wowed by anything about his game really, except that he's manages to get where the ball is. He manages to make a contest a lot and he manages to stay involved with the play um, when the ball's in his region. You know, if it's not directly, it's with, you know, positioning and blah, 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 manning up. Um, but as far as actually winning as a defender, I don't rate him highly. Um, I don't know. I, I think, I, for me, I think he's got to be forward. I think he's got to be forward if, it's, if he's actually going to make it AFL level. Um, and I don't know enough about his forward play to, I don't think anyone does to, about his yeah. forward play to really make a, a strong judgment on him. So I think he's going to go late, and I think he's a guy that could go late and be really good value for a club.
0: Um, that's I think he's got a point. fair bit of value as well. I, I'm i pretty bullish on him in terms of how he plays at the moment. If you, if you take away the size factor, I think he's a really good player. Um, I think he is. Pretty good defensively. I think he's really good with the ball. He can play on key forwards, he can play on smaller forwards, and he's I, done that pretty well think... um, at the lower level. But that doesn't mean that's going to translate to AFL potential. And 190 centimeter, who's, you know, he does play like a key defender. Yeah. I'm not sure he's got enough else to his game at the moment which will be able to see him play that sort of Tom Jonas type role and do it effectively at AFL level. So for that reason, I've got him as a, either you know last pick in the draft or very late in the rookie draft. Um, yeah. I think there's a big chance he doesn't get drafted, but we might see his name get drafted two or three years down the track.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, he's obviously been well-educated as a defender. Like, his instincts are pretty good, but I just don't feel he wins enough in defense to call him a proper defender. You know, yep. like, I don't think his defensive... Yeah, I think he's been trained in the role really well. But I don't
0: think he's going to be a success in that role at AFL level. Yeah. Look, he is inconsistent. That's probably one part of his game that he does need to work on is that one week he can look really, really good. The other week he can get beaten pretty heavily or or struggles to have an impact. But there is is something that I do like about him. Um, Yeah. But as I said, I think I can see him becoming a high-level State League player. Um, And look, maybe two, three, four, five years down the track, he might get a crack. Um, but yeah
1: Corey Archie Corey Archie mate
0: there is a bit of Corey Archie about him yeah Mm. there is
1: is isn't that same awkward category of guys that you know he played held down fullback SNFL level just definitely didn't have the height to do it and the size to do it at AFL level
0: Mm. yeah
1: could be he's in that
0: Mm. yes for sure next player is another one that um, we haven't seen a lot of, I guess. Um, and that's Sam Sturt, who, uh, who is a 188-centimetre left-footed um, flanker or outside midfielder from Dandenong. Um, he's the draft bolter in this year's yes. draft. He was an absolute no-one until about August, and then uh, he shot up the rankings and hasn't stopped uh, pretty much because he is a pretty damn good player. What are your thoughts?
1: He's kind of the Aiden Bonar of this draft in that he's sort of come in you know, mm. late and just really accelerated. Um, yeah. I think he's okay. Uh, obviously, the, the combine results has got everyone super-duper hyped. Um, but yeah. the fact that he's just so raw, he's just so incredibly raw. Like, he's... Um, if you want a draft comparison, and it, the reason I like it as a draft comparison is because it talks about the perils of drafting these guys really early. It's probably Jared Brennan that went to Brisbane. Um, in that he was a really raw defense. he was a really raw player. He had, you know, good size, he had good agility, good athletics and all the rest of it. But then he just sorta of, then he had to learn football, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like Sturt, you know, he's been playing cricket the whole time. He, he I think I read somewhere it was six years in cricket and he's only spent about a year or less than a year in playing football. Um so you yeah. have to teach him football. Uh, and yeah, as as he's doing all right so far. In the best team in the TAC Cup, <laughs> you know, like that's the yeah. other thing, like the best team in the TAC Cup, yeah, they can carry a raw athletic player uh, that plays a bit outside, um, is that going to carry over into a, you know, if he plays at Carlton, it's, I don't know, he's not going to have that same level of support, is he? So yeah. So, it's, he's, he could, there's a lot of things he could be, but there's also a lot of things that are kind of, um that the little, little red flags against him for me. There's a
0: lot um, of things he couldn't be as well. but. Um,
1: well,
0: yeah, true. I'm um, a I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan. I've got yeah. to say, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan. I've seen him play three times. I was yeah. impressed all three times. Um, I thought he was a real live wire um, when I saw him. He has averaged 13 touches, two and a half inside 50s, and two goals a game. Um, my comparison would be a poor man's Connor Rosie at this point in time. Yeah. Mm. Um, They've got similar sort of traits. He's very, very athletic. He's very quick. He's got great agility. He's got a great leap. Um, And I think that's what has made so many people stand up and take notice is that he's got all the athletic traits to make it as an AFL footballer. But he's also got pretty decent skill as well. Um, And, yes, he is very, very raw. He's one of the most raw players in this draft Hmm. Um, because there are huge amounts of times where he goes missing. Yep. When he gets the ball, something pretty good usually happens. And uh, he's a very, very exciting player. Um, Yeah, he's definitely the bolter, as I said. Um, Where do you see him fitting in? And do you think Port should be looking at him with pick 15?
1: I don't want to look at him at pick 15. I don't think he should go any earlier. And I think if we go after him at pick 15, even then, I think we could probably do smarter. Like, you know, not not that we not that he, he couldn't necessarily be better, but that we could do something better for Port Adelaide than to draft him.
0: Mm. Really depends on who else we pick, I reckon. Oh, it does. Um, yeah. Look, if we are keen on Rosie, and I think we've been keen on Rosie for a long time, but I don't think we're going to get him. Um, if we want that sort of player, then Sam Sturt's probably the next cab off the rank, I think. Um and for that reason, I think we will be interested with pick 15. I think the Crows will be interested with 13. I think that's Absolutely. probably the first team which will, be great. which will probably look at him. Um, look, there is a chance that he falls down you know, to the 20s and maybe a little bit later as well. Uh, but I, I, I just have a bit of a feeling that he might be a bit of a smoky pick for us with 15. Look,
1: I mean, he's definitely... I'm definitely concerned that we might draft him at pick 15, yes. <laughs> mm. like i agree he's definitely in the ballpark um the only reason i'm i guess the main reason i'm against it is because where are we as a club if we pick him you know because he's, he's he's probably a couple of years away at least so is are we drafting for post Tinkley? what are we doing what, what is our what is our current list strategy i don't like if we pick him at pick 15 what is our list strategy because i really don't know at that point point. Um, mm. and you're right it does depend on who else we draft before him so he's He's very much, he's in the frame, but he's probably one of about what, eight players in the frame for 15. So yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm um, kind of hoping it doesn't, I'm hoping the dice don't roll, you know, Port Adelaide, pick 15, Sam Sturt. Um, for my own I be personal, my, my own personal peace of mind, I would prefer that not to happen.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be unhappy because I think he fits the way that we supposedly want to play footy and that's quick, athletic, skillful. um, Bit of X Factor. I can (laughs) see him playing uphill footy. Yeah, the absolute opposite of what we actually do, but it's what we would like to do, you know? Where's
1: he going to learn it from? Where's he going to learn it from? We'd all like
0: like to drive a Ferrari, but uh, at the end of the day, we're still getting in our Mazda. He's a
1: real player, so who's going to teach him to do it at Port Adelaide, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Who at Port Adelaide is his mentor? Who is it? (laughs) Who does he have as a mentor if he comes to Port Adelaide? He doesn't. There isn't. There is literally no one that plays a role like what he can play. That what he would, we would want look, him to I'm, play at Port Adelaide.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure that we've still got Chad Wingard's number on the Rolodex decks <laughs> at uh, front office. So I'm sure he can give Chad a call and ask him about playing football.
1: Honestly, um, the, the, the closest. And if
0: Chad stopped playing Fortnite, then maybe uh, maybe he might uh, respond to him as well. But. Well, I actually think he's got the ability to play in year one. And I think by year two, he's going to be a mainstay for someone. Oh,
1: okay. Cool.
0: But yeah, that's that's an asterisk on that one. I'm glad we kind of half disagree on that. But uh, Mm. he's certainly one I'm going to be pretty interested to see where he falls. And uh, if it's pick 15, then I'm not going to be too unhappy. I've got him... uh, Where have I got him? Uh, I've got him 19th on my list.
1: So I, I guess not, for,
0: not, too, not too far away.
1: I guess for me, what I, want, what I want is in this draft year, when we've traded away a bunch of senior players, I don't want flipper coin players drafted. I, don't, I really don't. I really don't want any flipper coin players drafted. Um, and he's definitely a flipper coin player in my mind.
0: Look, if it's a choice between Sam Sturd or Ned McHenry, then I'm picking oh, Sam Sturd yeah, every, every day yeah, of the week.
1: It's not, is it? Like, It's not going to be a choice between them, is
0: it? That's, that's well, it just... might be. It might be. It very well might way. be. Well, I mean, if, if it is, I I'll go back to my old standby and sack
1: everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd still prefer Ian Hill, I think, over all of them, but am um, I mean,
1: Yeah, I'd rather, I mean, I would rather Ian Hill over Sam Sturt just for that safety factor. But again, if we come out with three tiny midfielders, I'm going to be shitty about
0: that too. <laughs> oh, you know it's going to happen. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. You this know is, it. This is, we this all is the know draft
1: it. year. Since we started doing the draft podcast, this is the draft year that has the highest likelihood of me walking away just completely spitting in the dummy. You know, throwing Le- my microphone in the bin. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Getting drunk. Le- leaving
0: and... me to finish off the show by myself. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we've got some technical difficulties here. Um, Porsche, are you there? Porsche, no. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. This, yeah.
1: is, this, is diff- this is the highest stakes and the highest likelihood that we'll draft the exact opposite of what I want us to do since probably 2011, 2010. Mm. year 2010, that's the one.
0: Fair enough. Mm. Uh, look, if we want a more ready-to-go player, then <laughs> Eli Smith is probably okay. one of them. Um, he's a 188 centimetre, 86 kilo, right-footed inside midfielder from Murray Bush Rangers. Uh who was one of Murray's best players um, this year. Uh, well, one of the best players in the TAC Cup, really. He averaged uh, 23 disposals, 5.5 clearances, and 4 inside 50s a game. Played just the one game at the Champs. Picked up 30 disposals and 9 clearances. It's a pretty big game. Uh for your one off game at uh, the national championships. He's an inside midfielder, he's a ready to go player, he's kind of a little reminiscent to Oli Wines, I guess, in terms of size and 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 body and what he's already like. Um he looks ready to go. Um are you a fan of Eli Smith? Can I
1: ask a question? Mm-hmm.
0: Does
1: he have feet?
0: Does he have feet? Yeah. Um, he handballs so much, man. <laughs> he does handball a lot. He does handball a lot. I'm sure there is some sort of nubbin down there that you could call a, a foot. Um, uh, look, I mean. Yeah, he does handball a lot. He does.
1: Yeah, I, look, that's a huge, and it's not even inside It's not even necessarily incisive handball. It's like got the ball, got to hand it off, boop, off it goes, and then you know it, it goes to a guy under pressure, or it might go to someone good, or it might go to someone. That is completely in a terrible position to receive. It might go just sideways to no one much, but he's played his yeah. part. He's cleared it, but beyond that, I just don't think there's a lot happening in terms of his his football brain. Um, yeah. If I'm honest, like he, he he he's almost in that Jacob Rawls category again. You know, there's a guy that sort of he, gets, he, gets, he, gets, he, gets, he almost. I'm saying almost. He he gets the ball, and he gets it on, and then if he can't do that. Uh... <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced about his quality of disposal. Once he gets it, so he gets, he's good at getting it. He's very quick at getting it, but I think that he's quick at getting it because he doesn't think about what he's going to do when he gets it. Yeah, um, and that's you know that, you can't get away with that AFL level.
0: He's kind of like a raw Scott Thompson, I reckon, in yeah, that maybe. regard. Yeah, because um, Scott Thompson was a bit like that as a the junior and in his first sort of two or three seasons, was a yeah, bit maybe. like that as well. But. Maybe. Um, no, I think he's he's a ready to go player. He's he's very good inside. He knows how to find the ball. He's a good handballer. Um, he's okay with his feet when he kicks, which isn't often, but uh he can spread okay, can get the ball on the outside, knows how to find the ball. Uh pace lets him down a bit. He can labour late in games, doesn't run a lot. Um and doesn't really find himself forward either to kick goals. Um so at the moment I think he's just a inside distributor. Um, yeah, does he have enough tricks? I'm no. I'm not too sure. I'm really? not too sure. Um there is something about him that I do like though. Um I'm not hundred percent certain what that is yet, but uh I just like the look of him. He he looks like an AFL player. Yeah. I'm not really certain where he fits in this draft. Um he could go pick thirty, he could get undrafted, like he could go in the rookie draft. Who knows? He's red flag um, for me. Yeah, I, I think the question marks will be, has he peaked already? Um, is there any more development in him sort of thing? Because physically he's, he's a beast, but uh, he's not going to be able to monster um, you know, an AFL midfield like he does a TAC Cup midfield and with a bunch of players 20 kilos lighter than him.
1: And, and importantly, he's not going to be able to beat an AFL midfield if he doesn't think about what he's doing with the ball when he gets it. Um, yeah. They're just going to shark him all day. He'll, he'll, he'll get the ball first and they'll shark him all day. And that's what happens to you when you're not quite up to AFL level. It's what happens to you when thinking about what's happening with the broader game isn't part of your natural game. Um, yeah. And that, that is what kills you as an AFL player more than any other factor. Uh, is if you can't keep the game in your head, if you can't keep the, keep the positions of teammates around you and opposition players around you in your head when you're playing, at least in some vague sense, you're not going to make it AFL level.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. I think um, if by some op- opportunity that he does fall to the rookie draft, I'd be very happy, happy to pick him. I don't think he does, though. I think he will go sort of third-ish round. Um, but, yeah, I think he definitely comes with a, a bit of a risk. That one?
1: I, I, I just don't. Yeah, no. I don't think he gets drafted.
0: Mm, fair enough. Uh, next player is Kyle Reid, who's a toll. Amazing or um, well tollish I guess. He's hundred and ninety three <laughs> centimetres. He's a right footer, he's from Gippsland. He's a key defender, third toll defender. He... Yeah, okay. Well yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I said. Um again he, he had a pretty good year for Gippsland, picked up fourteen disposals and three rebound fifties a game, played three games for the country, averaged twelve disposals a game. Uh what are your thoughts on Kyle Reed?
1: Uh Because 'cause I've got i s
0: I've got a pretty strong opinion about him.
1: Yeah, well, because uh, he's a ranger.
0: <laughs> well, no, uh, not really, no. But uh, no, he, look, I... he clearly obviously gets downgraded for that already. But uh, no, no, not well, because for, he's ranked.
1: For me, I've got my notes here. Decent height and size, but definitely not a key position player. He's a flanker. He's just a tall flanker. And if he, mm. does, if he did play him as a key position type, he's I a mean, third tall at best. And even then, he's still yeah. he's just a tall flanker. I don't think his quality of disposal is high enough to play the way he does at AFL level. Uh, and that's why I think, I think he'll get drafted. I think he's got enough athleticism there to not, not saying it's exceptional, just saying it's enough to, to get a shot somewhere late in the draft. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not excited about him.
0: I think I watched him play four or five times this year. And each time I just came away thinking, Oh, he's just a turnover merchant with Mm -hmm. ball. Um, He's one of the most frustrating players I've ever watched in my life with the footy, and uh, that's including Jasper Pittard, because he's very similar to Jasper Pittard in that uh, he just knows how to turn over the ball, and that's a problem. (laughs) Um, He did have a pretty good game against uh, Vic Metro, I think it was, where he he didn't do that all that much. Um, But all I came away from thinking is that, look, the positives are he is he's an attacking key defender. He plays the game in the way that Chad Corns used to play centre half back. That he likes to zone off, tries to get the ball a bit more. Um, the actual defending is kind of second. He, um, he
1: plays in the way that Frio
0: Scott Thornton liked to
1: play, not Chad Scott Corns.
0: Thornton, that's a name I never thought I'd hear again. Scott well
1: Thornton, remember Scott Thornton for fans out yeah. there that don't remember Scott Thornton? <laughs> he had one trick. It was, And I loved watching it because it was, it was just entertaining. It was entertaining football to watch in that he'd get the ball on defense, he'd run as far as he could, and then he'd kick it forward as far as he could, and then that mm. would be it. And then occasionally he'd go back and reset and then try and do that again. Like that was the only thing he yeah. really did with any consistency at AFL level. He was not a good yeah. player. He looked like a player, and when he was on those bursts and actually hit a target, oh, my God, he looked amazing. But that was like one time in ten. Um, mm. Yeah, he's that yeah, it's a bit like
0: that. Yeah. He loves to zone off. He's um, He tries to impact as many contests as possible. And he does look to mark first, which is interesting. He's not much of a spoiler. He does look mm. to mark the bowl. Um, but then there is some issues. As I said, like, he's a... He's not necessarily a bad kick. He just makes bad choices. He's just a bad decision maker. If, if, and uh, that's that's a big problem.
1: He look I mean it's not even it doesn't even matter like he he's just not a good enough kick for the role that he needs to play at AFL level. Like he, yeah. it's not even about being a bad kick. Like, even if he's just a mediocre kick. You don't put a mediocre kick as your um your rebounding half back at AFL level. You just don't do it. Yeah. Um so yeah, he's got a lot. He's got a lot to improve if he's going to be an AFL player, and for that reason,
0: he gets a red flag for me. Yeah, I've got a big red flag against him as well. I can see him playing a fair bit of AFL footy. Someone will give him a go, mm. and um, and I can see him definitely playing games. I've, I think he's someone that could fit in relatively early. I think he'll play a lot of games year one. Um, but look, you know, people try and get him into the side to hope that he gets up to speed as quick as possible. And we'll deal with those sort of decision-making errors. Um, and look, it might improve once he's in an AFL system. You never know. Uh, but at, at this point in time, I think whilst athletically he's okay, um, whilst he's aggressive and attacking, uh, there's no point being attacking when you're just turning the ball over.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, for my, my call is in three years' time, one of us might hear the name Kyle Reed or read the name Kyle Reed and we will have no memory of who that is referring to.
0: <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Mm. Quite possibly. Uh next player is uh Zane Barzen, who's a hundred and ninety three centimetre right footed uh third toll forward uh from Murray Bush Ranges. His, his name really should just be Jack Watts. Essentially.
1: Yeah, yes, correct.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm gonna call him Jack Watts for the rest of this uh no, don't. this segment. Uh look, Jack had a, a strong bottom aid. Zane here. Barzen. <laughs> he um he, he did have a very good bottom age year. He kicked 20 goals in 13 games last year and uh, came into the season looking like a, a first-round talent. And uh, I was very strong on him last year, but he just failed to deliver on that promise uh, for most of this season. Um, and whilst he did kick a lot of goals for Murray this year, he averaged one and a half goals a game. He just didn't get a lot of the ball. Um, and it was just like watching Jack Watts at at Port Adelaide, just uh, go, you know, fifty minutes without getting a touch, and then getting the ball and doing two or three really good things, and then that was it, sort of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay. Well, this is this is this is my interesting player of the week. Um, <laughs> I like what he does. Mm. I think that the, given the way he played at Murray Bush Rangers, we need to remind listeners that he was playing in the same forward line as Hudson Garoni. Who kicks a billion goals, Um, and so he's very much in that exact same Jack Watts role in that he's kind of he is the second forward. You know, he is the decoy forward as much as anything. And so to get that kind of goal return is expected from that role, particularly when you're in the side as a monster key forward that's playing full forward and getting full forward type bags of goals. So um, if you know, there's always a question about some tall forwards is if they can play a supporting role. Uh, Up forward uh, at AFL level, and I think that he's in that same category. I think he probably more so than Jack Watts um, because he's younger and he's got more time to learn and a bit more athleticism, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think he's got the ability to be a second tall forward slash decoy forward AFL level. But, yeah, you're right. He's got exactly Mm. the same qualities as Jack Watts, um, and it's not working with Jack Watts. So maybe this is just me being wrong, (laughs) and I am entirely accept that it's entirely feasible that I'm just being wrong. Um, Yeah. And the other thing that's interesting is, like, he's 193 centimetres. He's 77
0: kilos. He's scrawny. He's he, is a, he is a thin boy at the moment. He he's a thin on, boy. He's a thin boy. He needs to put on a bit of uh, muscle, which I don't think is going to be a good thing for him because he's already slow. Yeah. And he already can't run. Um, yeah. So I him guess. putting on another 10 kilos mm, yeah. uh, is probably not going to be a great thing for his AFL prospects. So I think. Uh,
1: here's the thing. I've, I've got him as a green light, but the green light on the basis that he'll probably go in the rookie list. And at the rookie list, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd give him a go.
0: I'd, I'd certainly give him a crack there. Look, the things he does really, really well is whenever he gets the ball, something good happens. He's a great kick. Mm. He's one of the best kicks in this draft. He's yes, one of the most clever kicks in this draft. Um, he knows how to hit perfectly to leading targets. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff is all that stuff is pretty good. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, he's an okay mark, all that sort of stuff, but he just doesn't get the ball enough. That's just that's just the problem. And there's no point just just like Jack, there's no point um being so good with the ball if you're only getting it 10 times a game. Yeah. Cuz he needs to get it 15 to 18 times a game to have a real genuine impact. Um and unfortunately, for Zane, it just hasn't worked out this year for him in terms of that consistency of output. Um, as I said, when he gets it, great. Get it more often, please. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's where it was, And that's that's what has been... He's probably been the most disappointing player for me this year. Okay. Because as I said, I, I was very bullish on him. I, I was expecting him to be a top 30 pick uh, this year. And... Look, there's a big chance he doesn't go until the rookie draft. And, uh, yeah. you know, maybe pretty late in the rookie draft as well.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I, the reason I want him on the list is because I think that if you put him in a different team, his role can change, yeah? Like, I think that yeah. the way Murray's structured um, this year, like, I think that, you know, the role he was played is kind of circumscribed, you know, he had to, he had to do it. Um so I think that if you put him in and out of the team, and it might be that it's even better for him not to get drafted this year and actually go to a team that needs just straight up a key forward so he can just be mm. the focal point and get that experience under his belt. Because I think yeah. if, he went to, thinking about it, if he went to the Port Magpies right now, like I think he'd probably be stuck in the same rut. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he can prove... I think he has the potential to play at AFL level, but he needs to show that he can be more than you know, second fiddle. Um, yeah. To a major, um, you know, key forward, um, and if he can show that little bit of versatility, like to say that yes, yeah, so when I am the focal point, I can kick a bag, then I think that there's a, you know, feasibly a real role for him at AFL level. But yeah, um, it's like you said, if he doesn't elevate at that level, if he if he can't, if he, if he either doesn't get the opportunity to show that he can do that, or he just just doesn't do it, then yeah, there's nothing for him.
0: Yeah, he's full of potential. Mm. Like if mm. he it's if huge. it comes off. He could be an exceptionally you see, good player.
1: Like, you, you see him, and this is the thing, like, you see it when you're watching Port Adelaide, so often you see players with the ball, they took a mark and they're looking down and feel like, oh, there's nothing to kick to, you mm. know, doing all the faces. He does the faces, and then out of nothing, he finds someone to kick to anyway. Um, yeah. You know, like, that's that. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you don't see that often. You don't see that often. You don't. That Someone can you don't. look at nothing and then still manage to conjure a, a, a target out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's what excites me most about his game. Um, it's just that ability to actually set up a key forward, you know, to be patient and to maybe read not where the most obvious lead is, but where the one that could work is and sort of put the ball in that direction so the key position forward gets the hint, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I Like, I there's a lot that excites me about his game, but as you said, that consistency of actual output is just not there. Um, no. And he's also got a lot of you know physical build to gain, and he's not he's not you know he's not martial fast. He's he's okay, but he's not martial no. fast.
0: No, I don't think he's fast at all. I uh, think okay. he's I think he lacks pace. Yeah. Um, but look, as I said, full of potential. If he's there, I I have a feeling he might go in late in the national draft. But if he's there in the rookie draft, I'd be well happy to pick him. Yeah, um, I because should... I, you know, it's that risk will reward sort of thing, and I think. Well, see, there is a huge risk he never becomes anything at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. The reward if if he comes off is he will be an exceptional quality AFL player if he can sort out the whole getting the football thing. Yeah. Um,
1: like, I think that he's a rookie player and you don't give him more than two years. Like, you give him one year and then only if he shows improvement,
0: you give him a second. Yeah. So you draft Fair him in mind. Mm. Fair enough. Last player we're going to talk about is uh, Bailey Williams. yeah who is a genuine tall. He's 198 centimetres. He's uh, 91 kilo, right-footed. He plays as a ruck or a key forward. He can do both. Um, he had a massive bottom age year last year. He kicked 15 goals and uh, averaged 10 disposals and 21 hit-outs a game. And, uh, look, came into this season with huge expectations. Um, a lot of were expecting him to be a, a very top draft pick. Um, you know, top five, top six sort of thing. Um, Did he go on with it this year? I'm not 100% sure that he did. What are your thoughts on Bailey Williams?
1: The same on as I had with James Seller. Um, <laughs> Ooh, okay. It, yeah, I don't mean that he plays identically, but I've got that same level I'm hearing things, I just don't... I don't see that he's going to be anything, really. Like, Mm. you you say he's a junior key position player, and you look at his his height and his size, he definitely looks like... He just plays like a key position utility. You know, like, he he doesn't... Mm. I don't know that you could say you're going to play full forward all year and that he'd be good at it. I don't know that you could say you can play it full back all year and he'd be good at it. And I certainly don't believe he could play at ruck all year and be good at it. I just think he's in a weird nowhere land, um, which you don't often see for talls. Um, sometimes it works out. Like once it's worked out, that's Justin Westhoff. I guess another time might be Adam Goods, hmm. and that's about it. Yeah, um, that, that's really about it uh, for those. There is a bit of goods about him. Out. Yeah, that's the thing, and I think that anyone that drafts him will be hoping there's a bit of goods about him. Um, I'm just don't. I don't think he's got that X factor that Goods had though. That's that. And Whoa. I don't know about
0: that. Oh
1: no, I really don't. I really don't. Like he's got a good mm. mark. He's got a good mark. Um, he can time a lead when he's up forward. That is nice. He can actually do that. I'm not sure. He's, I don't know. I, I just don't see. I just don't see whatever other people are seeing there. I don't see. Um, and again, this is another one that might be my my flaw. Um, I'm yeah. very happy to accept that that might be my flaw. But I just don't see it. I just don't see it. He's another you know not direct player comparison, but he's also in that you know Will set field sort of category of a player that other people are saying he's great, and I'm just like I don't get it at all. Um, mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I Fair
0: don't enough, and I don't want him at four. Fair enough. We do definitely disagree on, on this one because okay, I'm good. very <laughs> bullish on him. Um, he kicked 25 goals in 14 games this year, averaged five marks, 13 disposals a game. So his output was all right. Uh, it probably didn't reach the standard that people were expecting this year, but he did have some genuinely big games and did have a big final series. Did have an impact there. Um, look, he's a, an athletic tall. He's got a lot of pace. He's a big boy already, um, and he can play multiple positions. I think he can become a ruckman at AFL level, especially with the new rules. I think he can be a key forward at AFL level. Is there a bit of James Seller about him? I think there is. I, I definitely think there is. I haven't really thought about that much, but um, now that you've said it, that does uh, stick in my mind a little bit. Um, but there is something there that I really, really like about him. And I, I think it's his competitiveness. I think he's a hell of a lot more competitive than what oh, James yes. Seller ever that was, was. That
1: was definitely a big flaw for him, for sure.
0: Yeah, because James Seller just looked like he had glandular fever for you know seven years. He just didn't look like that shit. Uh, yeah, Bailey Williams. He goes hard. Like He attacks yeah, the yeah. contest like a madman. He takes big contested marks. That's another thing that I love about him. He's a really good kick of the ball. I love that about him. Mm. Uh, he's a long kick. I, I think that's good. Um is there a role, what sort of role there is at AFL level? I'm not 100% certain um, at this point in time. I do think he can become that sort of roaming sort of centre-half forward type. Um, I see that more there than than maybe as a genuine ruckman. Uh, but I'll, I'm big on him. I would be very, very happy if we picked him with 15.
1: Yeah, I... Like I said, I, like exactly like I said, I've got that same unease as I had with James Seller. Yeah, people are talking big about him, and you look on paper. On paper, he looks like he's going to be the next big thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But but you know, you can only like, sometimes you can only go on your hunch.
0: <laughs> well, look and look, a lot of people aren't big on him this year. Yeah, he has fallen dramatically down the rankings from being you know a, almost a locked top ten pick. And Kauaumi the other day had him going in the forties. Mm, mm. So I think there's a lot of a lot of clubs which will probably be happy to overlook him. And look I think I think he could be this year's Sam Hayes in that oh, if, yeah, he yeah. if he doesn't if he doesn't go falling, yeah. if he doesn't go in that sort of fifteen to twenty range then he could easily drop to the forties and be potentially the best value pick in the draft. Nah.
1: No, I don't think he'll drop. I don't like. I think he'll drop, but like I, I can't. I could not see him dropping any lower than say thirty-five or thirty. You know, I, mm. that would be. I couldn't see it just because on paper he is that good, and if you compare him with other people, they'll be around that mark. There's a lot of questions over them too. So in that case, yeah. you go. Well, in that case, if you're going with players with questions, you're taking the one that's 198 centimeters, athletic, contested marking, can play all over the field guy, right? Like that's, you just do it. Even if you've got a, a, a an easy feeling about, it, that's the, that's the player you pick at that phase of the draft. So he's not gonna, I don't think he's gonna fall as far as Sam Hayes did, because Sam Hayes' future really is pretty much ruckman. Um, yeah. Whereas Bailey Williams is, you know, he, he can probably be a key position player. I don't I still don't think he can do it full time, but yeah, okay. Uh, Phil on Spreaker Chat has said he thinks the Crows will go for him.
0: Yeah, I think the Crows would be keen as well with one of their picks. Mm. Um I think we should definitely be interested with fifteen. I think a forward line of Marshall and Williams would get me pretty excited. Um <laughs> I think they complement each other exceptionally well. Okay. Um um, I think they will I definitely see him becoming an AFL key position forward. Because mm-hmm. I I think he's got the things that you need to make it at AFL level and that's competitiveness, contested marking ability, good kick for goal. Um
1: <laughs> He's another character he's another person I can give you about the same level i he' is, and that's Matthew Lobby.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think he's anything like Lobby.
1: Ah. Oh. Well, again on paper it's not too not he it looks he's a little bit more exciting but he's got that same dilemma of Isaiah Ford or Isaiah Ruckman and then he's neither <laughs> you
0: know? but that, but that's about it that's that's the only thing that's <laughs> mm. the only con, uh, comparison okay. um, right. again right. like his his attack is so much more intense than what Lobie's ever was
1: uh-huh.
0: um, Look, well, I can definitely see him becoming a failure right, let's mm. put it out there I do, but look, I'm big on him. I've got him at ten in my list. Oh shit! Uh, (laughs) Which uh, I knew you'd love that. I'm big on him. I would be well chuffed if we picked him up. Well chuffed. Right,
1: cool. Um, Just on Spreaker chat, I guess we've wrapped up on Bailey Williams. Um, Paddy has said I reckon Sam Sturt would fit right into our forward line. So just the throwback there. Yeah, I think think so. Mm.
0: Yep. Uh, let's get on to some questions from um, from Big Footy And the first one is from Toad Vine Who's actually a Richmond supporter who's obviously seen our uh, our draft threads on the board And uh, oh, has okay. come to have a look He says, cool. uh, great job Great job We've done well Which is good yeah. um, Will Eli go later than people think Because he spells his name with a Y <laughs> well, People
1: are going to think his name's Ellie or something
0: or Ellie Smith Yeah okay.
1: Yeah, no. I think you just go late because I don't think there's a lot there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and more seriously, he also asks, uh, "How do you rate Eli when compared to other inside mids from this draft, like Stocker, Valenti, and O'Halloran?"
1: I think I probably he's he's a he's a big one. I think I probably rate Valenti higher. So and I'm
0: yeah, not, I think uh, I do as well. And I'm not just. on Valenti at all. Yeah, I think I rate. Uh, rate uh, Valenti I, I rate Stocker a lot higher. Yeah. And uh, maybe not as much as O'Halloran. Although I think O'Halloran has some... Um, th- th- there's a bit going on there. I've got to watch a bit more of him play, mm, mm, I think. Because mm. um, I'm not convinced at the moment. But um, I can see glimpses of why people would like him. Yeah,
1: Vic Metro's later in the week, mate.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. Stay tuned for that one. Yeah. Uh, Filthy has been keen to hear Porsches and our uh, take on Bailey Williams. He loves the way that he hunts the ball in the ruck yeah. and attacks it in the air up forward. Uh, he said, I don't know about the rest of his game or whether he'll make it at AFL level, but uh, when I think of a bloke attacking the ball in the air, I think uh, Jack Rewalt." and he records that Bailey's got a fair bit of that in him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which is good. Um, Madfan23 has asked... Um, what is the reason behind Sam Sturt bolting up the draft boards? We haven't had a decent mid- medium-sized forward since Monfries. Is he worth looking at picking at uh, 15?
1: Um, look, I mean, if you want the reason, I think that there's also an enchantment of players that have turned down cricket play AFL. I think there's, I think there's definitely that. But also, mm. that means they've also had you know, some athletic indicators of his um, progression for five, six years. It just hasn't been through football, so they've probably got some data from what the AIS through the AFL Academy or some (laughs) shit like that. Yeah. Um, So I think that there are some quantifiables, even though he's only freshly playing football, Um, and it's just the athletic potential. Like he scored high in several categories in the in the draft combine. Um, You know, there's just like like I said before, he's like a 15 year ago player that would go really early because you just go, "Yep, athletic potential. He's got it all." Um, you know, a sporting background, so he's got some kind of um, exhibited dedication to professional or dedication to sport. Um, yep. So that's good for, from a character perspective, even if it wasn't with AFL. Um, and so there's a lot of things that you go tick, and it's just like, is he going to be a complete footballer? And that's the only remaining hmm. question. And some clubs will, some clubs think that's important and some clubs don't. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Look, people love bolters. People love, Players Literally, that haven't, yeah. uh, you know, haven't played a lot of footy and come through necessarily the right pathways, and then mm-hmm. they have a few big games at TAC Cup level, and suddenly they're the next big thing. And we <laughs> see it every year. There's a there's a big draft bolter that uh, comes through the second half of the season each and every year. And I, I guess mm-hmm. the most famous one in recent terms would be Clayton Oliver, who missed out on championship selection but ended up winning the uh, the Morris Medal. And um, he, he was almost the ultimate draft bolter because he went from missing champs to ending up what pick four or something yeah, like that. Yeah, really high. And um, he's been very, very successful and should yeah. have probably been All-Australian this year. But... He's
1: a very good player. Mm. Um, But yeah, and also every year there's, you know, mid-year is when a lot of teenagers decide whether they're going to make football or cricket their thing as well. And I guess that's always a factor, you know, or, or yeah. tennis or whatever else they do. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. And yes, I do think he's worth picking up at 15. Definitely.
1: I'm going to jump yep, in. You go. Do you want Sam Sturt or Bailey Williams if you have to choose between the two at 15?
0: Oh, Bailey Williams because he's higher. And, But that's on the assumption that we've gone small with our first two picks. Okay. All right. If we go tall with one of the first two, then I'll probably go Sam Sturt. Okay. Yep. Um, Mick 59 has asked, uh, do you think Irving Mosquito will be drafted by Geelong so he can be in the same team as Wiley Buzzer? (laughs) No, but it'll it'll add something to the
1: Geelong Hawthorne clashes, won't it? Yes, Yes, it will. Will Mosquito beat the Buzzer?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Silly Duffer has asked, look, this is uh, Silly Duffer's first ever post on Big Footy, so welcome. Um, and it's uh, with three left footers leaving port this trade period, who are the best left foot kicks in this draft? Are there any in our draft range?
1: <laughs> I'm left foot blind, so don't ask me that <laughs> question. I'm exactly the person you don't ask that question. I, I'm really bad at, like, I'm great at seeing what players do, but if you ask me if they did it with their left or their right, I could never tell you. So that, that's a macro yep. question, if anyone. Sorry.
0: Uh, look, there is a real dearth of uh, left-foot kicks in this draft. There's not many at all. Sam Sturt's one. Um, I think uh, Jai Caldwell's good on both sides. He's in our range. Uh, Rankin's good on both sides. He's in our range. The best one is Nick Blakey, who we're not going to get. Yeah. He's probably the best left-foot kick. I still
1: want Blakey. Um,
0: Tom Lewis is a good kick on his left foot as well. Finn Betterman. Um And they might be around the mark with uh, rookie picks. But, uh, yeah, there's there's not too many. There's not a lot this year, which is unfortunate.
1: Hmm.
0: I like a good lefty. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Yes. Um, The FVK has asked, as national draft tragics, do you follow any other draft podcasts or big footy posters? Have... uh, any compelled you to reconsider your opinion on any of the 2018 bunch? No,
1: no. Look, the only one that's probably likely to do that, if it's not MACA, it's probably Mission Possible during the Phantom Draft when I've just made a
0: terrible decision.
1: (laughs) 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 That's probably the most likely person to make me change my mind. I go, oh, yeah, okay, fair Uh, enough.
0: Porsche, (laughs) you've made a big mistake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, but no, like I don't,
0: listen to other draft podcasts or anything like that? No. I listen to Road to the Draft. That's uh, I've listened to every episode of that over the last four years or so. I think I think that's really good quality. Um, and John's podcast this year has been very good. John's from Big Footy, um, okay. from the Port Board. Um, he's done a draft podcast or a series of draft podcasts this year, and that's been a really good listen to as well. Okay. So definitely check that one out. Yeah. I mean, honestly,
1: the main reason I don't do it is because Meaner than most people that would do a draft podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I acknowledge it's not necessarily a trait. But it also, if I listen to a draft podcast, you know, you it can often sound particularly like Shifter Shane when he's doing his draft stuff. It can sound like the sun shines out of everyone's asshole, um, you know, and that's just how it, it sounds when you hear a lot of draft news. And then you, yeah, get but that's watch his it. job. That's yeah, his job. I, I know that's his job, but. <laughs> I think that a lot of the media in general are a bit like that about every draft And again, because they're kids and because they're being printed in a very widely read thing, like a newspaper or something like that. Whereas, you know, me, I'm I'm just like, yeah, okay, nah, this is good. Nah, that guy's not going to make it. And so my, my judgment, I can't, I can't get anything useful for the most part from another person's opinion. I need, I need to see it for the most part. So,
0: yeah. I think that's fair. Um, do they change my opinion? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, right? I'm pretty staunch on my opinions. Yeah. Um, and also I'm I'm very happy to hear other people's opinions on players, and sometimes I'm not in agreement. Sometimes I'm not in disagreement. Um, doesn't mean I change my opinion though. I don't think. No. There's not comments. there's not too many where I either don't rate a player, and I think, oh, you know what, they're right. I I do rate them now. Or vice versa. There's there's not many times that that happens. But maybe and, that's just me.
1: And look, honestly... And my
0: uh, arrogance or... Uh, yeah, I don't know.
1: But also I think that it's part of the code as well. Um, with, hmm. You know, Australian rules is a unique sport because of the... First of all, there's no offside rule. And when there's no offside rule, it makes a lot of the, the raw measurements that you might do of players, like, you know, burst speed and strength and all that stuff that makes them all conditional assets. They're all conditional assets. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Like, this is why we can have a a really short player and a tall guy on the same side um, competing for the same ball at times, and then the small guy will come away with it. Um, There's just so many diversities in contests. There's a lot of players on the field um, that, you know, as compared to something like the NFL, where, you know, you want to talk about wide receivers before a draft, well, it really hugely, hugely comes down to athletic stats uh, and then a little bit of what you can hear about the guy's character off the field, you know. Um, I think you can draw a lot more from stats in other codes than you can from Australian rules Football. And because of that, drafting Australian rules Football, again, because they're 18-year-olds, it's very much more opinion-based. So it's not... I don't think it is even a sign of arrogance to to have differing opinions or to not draw a lot from other opinions. I think it's just the fact that no one out there can have all the answers on a bunch of teenagers playing probably one of the most diversely... Contested sports in the world, in
0: terms of mm. the
1: way the types of player that can perform well in it.
0: Yep. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. There you go. And on that note, that's it for this evening.
1: Yeah. All right. Well,
0: that, that was fun. It? Yeah. Yeah. Thank that's you, a big country. country out the way.
1: Come back. Now next we get year, to talk,
0: talk about some real footballers. So yeah. That's good. <laughs> That, um, that's too harsh because I do like a fair few yeah. of, uh, yeah. of the uh, of the The top end of Vic Country is very, very good, but the bottom falls out pretty quick, I reckon. Look, Whereas honestly, I think Vic Metro has a lot more value.
1: I'm, I'm hanging in there for next year when Ned Flanders shows up for Vic Country with grey hair. It's going to be good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Indeedly doodly. Indeedly doodly. And, uh, <laughs> on that note, count the pair. Count for it. Goes back. Lockwood can unload. Oh, he goes for top. The old barrel. What a kick from Bob and Lockwood. Where did that
1: come from?
0: <laughs> well, they thought Unload held the ball up. They had no
1: one to kick it to. There was about four.